0: Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com.
2: Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. <laughs> it's the original Cretan himself. Yeah. How you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing just fine, just fine. Awesome. Drinking me, me a too. glass of Evil Twin down uh-huh. here. It happens me to be too. on at the, uh, at the Rat Pad. Cool. Didn't know distribution had reached this far. <laughs> yeah, it probably had a walk
3: there by itself, I imagine. Yeah, one of those fall off the truck things. I don't know. Ah, yes. Uh, I was picturing a little, little keg, you know, with, the, with two little legs and wind up handle on the side. <laughs> Walk into the <laughs> rap head.
4: I love both of you. I don't even know what you're talking about, and I love this. of both in. of
2: you. Yeah, well, we're we're gonna have some fun this weekend. With uh, the uh, the winner of the Blickman uh, uh, contest, huh? Oh, really? Yep. We are. Kevin, uh, Kevin the Drake. Yes. And he's going to be uh, John Palmer, John Blickman, and myself. We're all going to uh, drive up to his place and uh, hang out. Brew on his top tier. Bruin to, uh, tier, Friday.
4: Drive to whose?
2: Kevin. Kevin the Drake's Where place. Where Kevin live? Tahoe, King's oh. Beach, something like that. Wow, mm-hmm.
4: lucky for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just happened to pick a winner who lives in Tahoe. Oh, okay. oh yeah,
2: don't worry Having about Happens to it. live in Pacheco. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, Blickman's flying out, Palmer's flying up. I'm picking them both up at the airport uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, noonish. Yeah. And I think we're gonna probably swing by like uh, maybe Auburn and maybe fifty fifty and you know who knows shouldn't be a maybe Tricky. It. right? As many yeah. places as we can stop and maybe then, Heretic, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're dick, gonna though. we're gonna do that Saturday. guys, guys are real jerk. I want to stop by there. The beer's not very good. Um, you want know, to? Uh, we're gonna go up there. We're gonna spend the night and then uh, brew with them Friday and then. Uh, uh drive back down to my place and then saturday we're all going to go down to um uh we'll stop a heretic uh i know the guy's a jerk but yeah he's handsome though yeah he's really good looking it makes all the difference and then (laughs) um and then we're going to come here we're going to do shows gonna be gonna be a blast
4: cool uh saturday you said right (laughs)
2: Yes, oh, I think I'm running. That you're one. running that show. What time did you want to start? One?
4: Well, two? Yeah, Justin, of course, conveniently plans it right in the middle of the day, so he can't do shit at all. Right? So, you know, I heard one o'clock. One o'clock. Yeah.
3: Okay. One o'clock. But one o'clock Pacific
2: time. And right. And then tune in uh, live. Probably go somewhere, get some get some food, have a few beers, and then head back to my place. Oh. Nope. Gonna be gonna be a wild weekend. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, you think Palmer's funny. <laughs> you gotta, gotta hang with Blickman for a while. Oh, guys, guys, quite the, quite That's the, the card. He is, he's a one funny dude, and uh, and he's also uh, quite the generous dude because he's paying for all that uh, that stuff that we're going to be doing this weekend, and and the flight, and you know, getting us out to uh, to brew with the uh, winner. And he also pays to uh, sponsor the show. Uh, uh, Blickman Engineering—they uh, are our sponsor—and uh, check them out. They make a load of great stuff. I know, uh, uh, John, you're brewing on the on the Blickman system, right?
3: I sure am. Yeah,
2: and y- you're checking out the new Tower of Power, right?
3: Yeah, it, it really works well. It's, oh. uh, it's a very sweet piece of engineering. Yeah, I was quite impressed. I liked it. I especially loved
2: the uh, the lighter assembly that they had for the. Uh, Automatic lighting. No pilot oh, yeah. light. It uses one of those fancy things like my stove has to make sure the, the burner's always lit.
4: A clicker? Yeah. That's what I call them.
2: One of those things. And it senses that the flame is out and it relights automatically. You don't have to, like, you know, press a button or anything. That's pretty good. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you walk away, <laughs> you want the thing to keep lit. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, check them out. You can go to uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. So B-L-I-C-H-M-A-N-N. Uh, engineering.com. Check it out. They got uh, a lot of great information on the site there. At the very least, uh check it out send uh, an email to John Blickman and uh, tell him how much you appreciate that he uh, sponsors the show.
3: And he's told us that he really does think those emails are great. Um Yeah, he likes I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. He's they're really he's really um stoked to yeah. um, get those.
2: Yeah, I don't think he's a- he's not asking for money or anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he likes to, you know, find out that people actually listen to the show and and uh, realize that, uh, you know, he's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, very cool. So I'm looking forward to hanging out this weekend with uh, him and you. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm also going to have a great time now. (laughs) I'm going to be at the Dixie Cup. I can't remember now what city that's in in Texas. I know it's in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but apparently, on uh, some previous show, I said something like, I'm going to be at the Blue Bonnet, and then people are like freaking out because somebody else is going to be at the Blue Bonnet, and I think the Dixie <laughs> Cup people are going like, you know, hey, you know, you're supposed to be at the Dixie Cup.
4: Oh, you got the name wrong.
2: So, yeah, I got the name wrong. <laughs> I'm an idiot. What well, you know, Hey, okay, come on. And now you can't remember what city it's in. <laughs> I can't remember what city. I think my flight goes to Houston. Um, and it could uh, be
3: in Houston. I've got, I I've got my
2: lights, and it's in October, I know that much. October, I'll be somewhere in Texas, and there's some sort of event, I think it's called the Dixie Cup. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's one of, the, one of the biggest events, you know, beer, homebrew events, but... It is in Houston. It is in Houston. There. Does it say I'm going to be there?
4: Houston, to, um, <laughs> it said, uh, we did have an appearance from a special guest, however, he was too much of an asshole. and He didn't so, know he was supposed to be here, so yeah, we canceled so, it. No, he uh, no, doesn't.
2: <laughs> so uh yeah I, I think i'm gonna be there you guys should all come out and say hi and experience it It sounds like a great event they got you know they got judging they got uh fun and games they've got uh pub crawls and meals and
3: all sorts of great stuff yeah. going on it's a good time i was there several yeah, years ago and it. loved it yeah so uh if you did it then oh, well then yeah, you know, you're you're following in my shoes, but they're they're good shoes. <laughs> That's <you know>. right.
4: <laughs> New Balance, dude.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah.
2: All right. Um, well, let's get down to the show. Uh, Why not? I've I've been I, I've gotten um emails from people in the past about you know I think uh,
3: the IRS, uh,
2: No, you know, during one of the
5: uh, one
2: of the previous shows somewhere. I mentioned how you know different styles of beer will uh, have a better shelf life, and how certain beers seem to stale much faster than than others. So, like a really light, uh, you know, pilsner, um, you know, seems to stale real fast, and you need to, you know there's a, a a point in its lager life where it uh, uh, is perfect, and then very quickly it goes goes downhill from there. And something like a Russian Imperial Stout seems to, you know, there's a point where it, it just turns great, and then it's great for a year or two or ten, you know, it, it seems like the thing never really gets stale, and, you know, it, it it seems different. And so people have been asking me about that, you know, oh, give me a list of, you know, what order the beer stale in. Oh, I, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But we can talk about, you know, the factors that that cause beer staling, and what you can do to, you know, avoid that, and uh, you know what the factors are, what to look for, and how to think about, uh, you know, that process of, of beer staling. So, uh, you know, there are multiple emails, and, and normally I would read an email from somebody, or JP would read it, but I neglected to print it out. I'll read anything you want, man. Have I have I mentioned that I've been busy lately? Really busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, busy with beer <laughs> busy busy with beer. so I've got an excuse. I've been busy with beer. Ah. Uh, it's not uh, everything else. Uh, so you know that's that's the show for today. It's um, you know it's about uh, keeping beer and, and beer staling, um, you know the, the, the freshness of beer and uh, how it ages. So, uh in keeping with that, let's uh let's let's kick this off with uh, kind of a uh, a definition. John, tell me um what is beer staling and, you know, why does that matter to us as as brewers?
3: Well, beer staling is all about the beer uh, t- tasting yucky. So, nobody likes to drink yucky beer. So, uh-huh. let's all drink good beer, right?
2: Okay. End of the show. So of the, the, very much. The, <laughs> the technical answer to see that that's the kind of answer I'm supposed to give. You're supposed to give a more technical answer as to what okay. what uh, staling is. I mean okay. throw throw a couple of like, you know, hydrogen bonding and, you know, all that stuff at us.
3: Okay. Well what you what you have in uh, you have several um uh, Compounds in beer mm-hmm. that the staling of which tends to lead to off flavors, mm-hmm. and that we perceive as, oh, you know, old beer, um, stale beer, and uh, these compounds are uh, tend to be more prevalent in uh, very pale beers. Um, so I look at the list of what those staling compounds are. Uh huh. The four principal uh, compounds um, that produce a lot of stale off flavors are unsaturated fatty acids, um, higher alcohols. Um, then you have isomerized alpha acids and amino acids.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, some of these, um, like the unsaturated fatty acids, you know, these produce. The USAs. Uh, pardon? The yes. USA's, yes. USA's. Right. They um, produce aldehydes, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know these are very characteristic flavors—buttery, um, papery. Um, you get some sherry uh, notes mm-hmm. uh, from mm-hmm. these chemical compounds, and they are very detectable. Uh, they, you can um, detect them at levels like of one part per billion. Well, that's the thing. How do we know if a beer is stale? It's it's just a gradual perception where you no longer taste a fresh malt character mm-hmm. or a fresh hop character. Um, you know, think of fresh bread, uh, fresh bread crusts, or um, uh, toast. You know, you know the principal malt descriptors and hop descriptors that, w- mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. read about and. In BYO and Zymergy and you know right. on our competition score sheets, um, you know those are the fresh malt, the fresh beer flavors that we're looking for. As these, as the oxygen uh, bonds to uh, some of these these compounds I mentioned, these precursors, the UFAs, the higher alcohols, and so on, amino acids. Um you tend to get flavors that you associate with old beer mm-hmm. um, oxidized uh, higher alcohols also turn into aldehydes um, you get some very solvent uh, like characters um, you can get you can also get you know favorable uh smelling compounds um you can get uh co- oxidation type reactions that can produce mm-hmm uh melanoidins that will have uh fruit-like notes or other notes mm-hmm. and these are kind of per- perceived as character in an old ale mm-hmm. you know and where really the, some of the character uh, or the the characteristic flavors of that style are oxidation reactions mm-hmm. but in a in a denser body uh darker beer the flavors that you get tend to be uh compared to fruit-like or other descriptors, and together they kind of mm-hmm. blend into mm-hmm. a an old, ale character that's actually desirable. But in a in other beer styles, you know these same flavors are, are not desired.
2: Well, now on uh, you know the uh, descriptor that you know the BJCP lists under oxidation uh, and staling is you know paper, wet cardboard, things like that, right. and I've heard. Th- that uh, you know, and a lot of a lot of brewers are like, yeah, I don't really taste that. And I've heard that that character is really a descriptor from um, you know the light lager uh, type of staling, where right. you know, and depending on the kind of compounds you have in the beer, the kind of malt in there. For example, uh, one thing that I notice in a lot of beers that use uh, crystal malts. And especially, you know, British uh, a lot of British ales, they use like crystal malts. And you get those over here in this country and they've had a chance to stale on the trip or, you know, they're sitting on some shelf for a while here. Um, They get this kind of a sweet, caramelly kind of character. Even something that uses like a pale ale malt, you tend to get that sort of uh, sweet, caramelly uh, character as well. So, um, you know, I, I... I think that you know that people are kind of looking for those wet cardboard descriptors, but yeah, they're not getting, they're
3: not tasting because it's yeah, it's the wrong style that descriptor. the The craft beer
2: tends to be you know have different kind of staling. So when you get kind of get that overly caramelly sweet kind of character to it, that's
3: staling as well, right? That's right, and those those are caused by um, melanoidin reactions with the higher alcohols. Um Again, oxidation of uh, unsaturated fatty acids and amino acids into aldehydes mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. melanoidin type reactions where you 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 change and and develop uh, different flavors other than the fresh malt flavor that you had initially right sometimes yeah, sometimes it can be you know when you go as you go through a peak in beer 's flavor you know you 've probably gone. You've probably experienced this. You know, you you get a, um, a craft beer that is right out of the fermenter. It's all of two and a half weeks old, um, and it's good. And you taste these fresh malt characters and fresh hop flavor. And um, but there's you know there's something indefinable, some some intangible that's just kind of missing. Mm-hmm. And as that beer ages a bit in the bright tank and so on. Um, now you start to taste a richer, fuller beer, and that beer kind of peaks, mm-hmm. and a lot of those you know those flavors that we're associating with that peak beer, uh, some of, some component of that are these oxidative type flavors from these oxidation reactions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but as those you know as those reactions keep progressing, now you that you know that flavor goes over the hill. And you and you are on the road to staling, where all you taste are these, you know, sweeter, uh, stronger, um, you know, non-fresh malt flavor kind of flavors in the beer. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll kind of dive more into the whole oxygen role in staling. Back after this.
0: When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator wort chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The autosparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brew brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge.
6: Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Brewmasters Warehouse and the brew builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers.
1: <laughs>
7: downtown joe's located in the historic oberon building in beautiful downtown napa california offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8 30 a.m to 1 a.m every day for 15 years at the corner of 2nd and main downtown joe's has been voted best night spot seven times and best brew pub for the last four years in a row brewmaster colin kaminsky's handcrafted ales like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation ipa are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Members Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub, where you'll feel at home.
5: A heretic is it? Who does not conform to an established
1: attitude, doctrine,
6: or principle?
0: If you love craft beer,
2: you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this
0: spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash heretic brew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great
2: beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer.
0: summertime has arrived home brewers and the fine folks in more beer are thirsty with the arrival of summer's heat more Beer's got you covered with great deals on temperature control and some fantastic lawnmower beer kits Ranko and Johnson temperature controllers thermal wells and thermometers as well as light and refreshing beer kits you're going to love this hot summer stay on top of your homebrew's temperature and keep your kegs topped up too. summer time beer and gears from your friends at more beer and morebeer.com
1: back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer this is
2: brew strong alright we're back JP farted you can't prove it (laughs) <laughs> Three under the bus that quick. <laughs> All right, we're talking about staling. Are we? Woo! It's a little stale in here now.
4: Actually, I have a question from the chat. If, I don't know if you want to get to it now or later, but it's about oxidation.
2: Uh, sure, go ahead. Oxidation, go ahead.
4: Spider Wrangler, our good friend who always listens live. Pretty good. He goes uh, Are there different chemical reactions between good and bad oxidation derived characters? Or is it based entirely on other aspects? of the beer itself
2: well hmm. I, I think it, 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 it again it depends on you know the co- other compounds that are in the beer and what is going to oxidize it's like um if you have water uh water doesn't take on an oxidized flavor i think <laughs> right. right but if you have a piece of steel um, you know, it oxidizes and you see rust and you see a change in the appearance, the taste, <laughs> you know, the feel, yeah. uh, the aroma. And, you know, it just depends on what kind of compounds are there to oxidize. So yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I think that's what relates to my perception that different beers stale in different ways at different rates. And, you know, while the oxygen, you know, if you introduce the same amount of oxygen into, you know, two different beers, you know, some of them, you know, the oxidative character becomes readily apparent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in others, you know, it's not just that it's a, you know, a rich characterful beer, which will mask some oxidation, but there are other compounds in there that seem like perhaps they're antioxidants I, you know i don't know maybe i'm i'm right. mm-hmm. following the late night infomercial too much and uh you know there's you know it's it's not such a such an issue i think you know they bind with the oxygen as well and you get you know kind of a uh you know a, a character that is positive like john yeah. was saying versus well it's a negative. It,
3: it's a good it's a good leading question um there are, you know, th- literally thousands and tens of thousands of different oxidation reactions going on in beer, um, in the package, uh, in, in all foods, really. Um, because, well, like, like I said, there, there's, you know, just thousands of different reactions going on. Um, the oxygen com- can combine with melanoidins, it can combine with, Um, Amino acids; it can combine with the carbonyls and and unsaturated fatty acids, and uh, you know, all just a whole host of different the different flavors and compounds that are in beer. Um, And each of those, you know, reactions will express itself uh, in in a subtle way. Um, Some have strong flavors that can be readily detected, and others are 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 really Flavorless, or you know, not detectable. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you look at, when you compare two beer styles, one you know, such as pilsner and um, a stout, or um, you know, any or any substantially dark beer, Mm -hmm. you know, the big difference between those two beers is not it's not the OG, it's not the type of alcohol. You could you know make those beers uh, with the same yeast and mm-hmm. they would still react to oxygen differently. Right. It is, you know, it's the melanoidants, it's the Maillard reactions, the mm-hmm. Browning reactions that take up that oxygen, because if you think about it, um, especially in the bottle, you've got, you know, a limited amount of oxygen mm-hmm. to play with. You know, and so you you got to look at the beer's chemistry. Is Is the chemistry of this beer going to lend itself to, where is that oxygen going to go? Is it going to go to the um, the unsaturated fatty acids, or is it going to go to the the color compounds, the melanoidins that give that beer its dark color? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, where is that oxygen going to be taken up? And then, once it does that and reacts, what's the effect of that reaction? Does it have a flavor or not? And that's why um, the in dark beers where this oxygen is most readily taken up by the melanoidins. Um, what you get is polymerization of polyphenols, um, which can, you know, end up dropping and settling out as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fine, very fine haze and so on. Um, and that, you know, that's why we consider these beers to have anti antioxidant, uh, um. Capabilities. Now, Um,
2: now, what about um, spices? I I remember reading that Charlie Papazian puts um, a quarter teaspoon or a half teaspoon of cinnamon, I believe it was, in every beer he makes because Mm -hmm. it has antioxidant uh,
3: properties. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's. Well, the literature points to a number of compounds like that. I mean, ascorbic acid um, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. one. I remember uh,
2: hearing that as well. You know, so a little bit of you know vitamin C for your beer keeps it from getting a getting right. a cold. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm sure you know, and cinnamon probably does have uh, you know mm. substantial antioxidant properties. Uh, Blueberry is another one, mm-hmm. but you know, you, hey, you, you know, you start digging into the science or the you know the composition of some of these things that they recommend that have in antioxidant properties, mm-hmm. a lot of it is simply the color. You know, it's the melanoidins. It's the, you know, it's those uh, flavonoids that are present in the skin of the blueberries. You know, they were that dark color. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same with the cinnamon. Coffee is said to have antioxidants. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, There's a follow-up question from Spider. He says, uh, I have a friend that adds ascorbic acid at bottling to avoid oxidation. Will this have any benefit or at least a benefit that will outweigh any flavor Impact. Impact.
3: It's hard to say. It's. I mean, it. Re- I. I would almost throw in the same category as uh, sticking a four-leaf clover on your lapel. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! All right. So
4: you're saying a- ascorbic acid makes you look hot to Irish women? Yeah. Okay.
3: Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's. Uh, what's another good analogy? I mean, um, you know, wearing your your um, wearing your you know. Um, crucifix pendant when you get on an airplane you know is that is that lucky charm preventing the plane from crashing or is it the good weather good flying weather that day um, so you it, know
4: it, it can't uh, it, it doesn't hurt but it doesn't necessarily help either
3: it's 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 probably not the primary factor okay uh, that's that's the best way of saying it you know it, it cinnamon may be a, a significant help um, ascorbic acid may be a significant help but you got to look at the entire playing field and say, you know, where what what's the level of risk in this beer for oxidation, mm-hmm. and then what and then what mitigations am I putting in place to reduce that? You know, um, if you've got a process that doesn't lend itself well to mitigating oxidation risks by you know um, the color of the beer mm. or your your fermentation set up, your packaging set up, then ascorbic acid may be a significant factor in that in the in the final picture of that beer you know in the way it stales mm-hmm. um, whereas you know with Charlie you know that teaspoon of cinnamon or a quarter teaspoon or whatever it is, uh, may be re- may in effect be really insignificant because he knows all about you know proper packaging and and Proper fermentation and, and you know protecting the beer from oxidation in the latter latter stages of the process right so he's got i mean it, it really reduces the uh, effectiveness of that you know that cinnamon addition because um, he's you know loaded the playing field in other areas well, and I wonder about it too, because if you throw
2: in a half teaspoon of cinnamon into you know your mash. Mm-hmm. How much cinnamon actually makes it over to the fermenting or fermented beer, and also, you know, you're adding oxygen at some point. Yeah, you know, purposefully. I, I would think if you added the cinnamon after fermentation, maybe that would be the best. Yeah. Um. You know, we talked about uh, staling compounds and the hot side aeration and all that, right. uh, With uh, Dr. Bamforth. And you know his take on it was well, you know, good fermentation really you know re- resolves that. That's really just not an issue, right. you know, if you have good fermentation.
3: Yeah, I think that's I think that's very key. Um, there's there's other factors that will dominate. Um, like I say, if you add that cinnamon to the mash, well, uh-huh. you know. Uh, very few of those particles are probably going to make it into the wort. You're going to end up with some of the oil in the wort, but, um, I would imagine that, you know, not and and w- because that mash is really open to the air, you know, how much, how much oxygen is a quarter teaspoon of the cinnamon absorbing versus 10 pounds of malt, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's, uh, you know, the malt and malt color and the polyphenols and the husks, they're probably absorbing, yeah. you know, this is the uh, cinnamon really running around covering covering Yeah, the whole I mean thing. you know, look at it just a mass basis. I mean the mm-hmm. quarter teaspoon of that versus ten pounds, I mean shoot. Right. It's insignificant. Well maybe it, maybe if you if you input it, you know, after fermentation. And
2: and, and, and in Charlie's defense, I think um I don't know that he really claimed it was doing anything it was just kind right. of like you know uh, i remember reading in one of the um you know the professor columns in zymergy i think it was or something and I' right. was saying he you know he just does it you know as a matter of fact anyways he just, just started to yeah. do it and he's you know he's just done it ever since one of those things yeah so um yeah i don't know if he's really claiming anything i think he's just uh you know yeah one I, of those I think right. things.
3: it's it's one 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 aspect of the mm-hmm. his art of making beer, right? Right. Um, he does but, that. But you I'm... have the little, you know, goat hanging from the <laughs> <That's right. laughs> from the system. Well, I think it's. So. Also, I
4: mean, it, I think you are saying it's also uh, there's a tad of ritual to it. Right, so it yeah. Could, it could have been yeah. cinnamon. it Could have been nutmeg. It depends if what he had on the shelf at right, the time. Right, but, uh,
2: And the beer turned out well, and right, you know, it's like me and my goats. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly okay. right. There, there is
4: a there's a sense of ritual when
2: you, when yeah. you humber, which yeah. I
4: think is why a lot of homebrewers don't like to change the way that they do. Things. And I,
2: you know, professional brewing too. There's there's ritual in professional brewing too, but you know, buy maybe even more than in home brewing, I think, and. Yeah. Um, you know, just be just because you know. So we we've got goats on our fermenters now, and uh, the thing that ticks me off, you know, Chris. Every once in a while, he'll like you know be cleaning something, so he'll move the goat over to the other fermenter. So one fermenter will have two goats, the other one doesn't have any, and then we're like we're fermenting. I'm like,
4: oh, you know, where's the goat? Oh, it's over here. You, you can't know? have two goats on one fermenter. One
2: fermenter <laughs> and, and zero goats on the other, and it's just like, oh, you know, you just ruined two beers in one shot. It just get. <laughs> I can tell it gets your goat. Gets my goat. Oh, I think we need okay. to take a break after yeah, that. Please one. Let's, <laughs> let us take a break. Right. All right. Let's take a break, And okay, When we come back, let's let's talk about uh, how heat affects uh, staling. Back after this.
7: BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y-Yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 0 and T-58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short-sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount. And active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com Pintley is your personal beer
5: connoisseur. And you don't even have to leave a tip. Pintley.com learns your taste in beer. Create a free account today and start by rating a few beers. In just a couple of clicks, Pintley will get to know you and your personal preferences. You won't believe how accurate Pintley's amazing algorithm can be as it learns what pleases your palate most. Personal beer recommendations, tasting notes, and now their new app for your Android or iPhone smartphone. Pintley also gives away incredible prizes each month. Prizes like free craft beer for a year. Visit Pintely.com right now to see how it works or to create your own free account. Pintley, a new kind of beer website that only recommends beer you're sure to love. Pintely.com. Mika, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months To the next I'm meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. So I'm the professional. <clears throat>
1: Back to your hosts, Jamil Chef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical, this is Brew
2: Strong. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brew Strong. All right, so uh, <laughs> we're talking about uh, the, the staling of beer and, and freshness of beer. And, uh, he
4: did the taffle bully, right? Staling?
2: Yeah, Matt Staling. Yeah, Matt Staley. He's a stale kind of guy. Um. So, all right. So we've been talking about oxygen, and um, you know, one of the things that uh, Charlie has said, uh, Doctor Banforth has said, is um. Uh, You know, about heat and staling. And heat and any chemical reaction, that, you know, 10 degrees C doubles the speed of of, uh, reactions. So, 10 degrees C, does that double the speed of staling?
3: Yeah. It's heat and and temperature fluctuation is... It just trumps everything. Uh Uh-huh. You know, if you have... And 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 Dr. Bamforth alluded to this too. You know, he said, you know, it really, it almost doesn't matter how badly you treat your beer uh, is in you know getting into the package as long as you store it cold. Mm -hmm. Um, If you store it cold, you're gonna you know you're gonna cut those oxidation reactions, you know, by um, well factors of two. You know, if you cut ten degrees and another ten degrees and another ten degrees. You know that's um that's eight eight times slower two to the you know to the third power mm-hmm. that um, that reaction is going to proceed slower. So so if you get it, it to absolute zero, your beer will never stale. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, you know let's all fool yep. around liquid nitrogen and keep those beers really cold. Right, and um, then
2: and then there could be like a third bar added to the bottle
3: yeah but you know the, really then there's, there's heat stress as well, uh-huh. so fluctuating temperature is a, is you know equally damaging I mean in terms of uh if you have a keg of beer that you put in the fridge and keep it at you know forty and then you pull it out so you can make a room or something else and it gets warms back up and you stick it back in I mean that can be equally as damaging as just leaving it out you know right. at. Ambient temperature.
2: So you really don't want to pull it out, stick it in, pull it out, stick it in, pull it out, stick it in. Yeah. You put, want to put it in, leave it there. Put it in, leave it there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pull it out, you better be, better be ready to, to use it. Right. Right.
3: Use it quickly.
2: Use it quickly before it goes bad. Mm-hmm. It gets, gets limp.
3: Right. Very, right. very good description there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, stale beers are often, you know, limp, insipid, um, insipid, yes, flaccid. Yeah. That's
3: the word I wanted. Yes, right.
4: So but you uh, might as well drink it anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah put it in right. your mouth and it's you know, flaccid. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. So temperature, right? Ten degree, yes. Ten degrees C. Um, for you non-metric folks, that is eighteen degrees F. Uh-huh. So the difference between sixty degrees and seventy-eight degrees, um, you know, which you consider, you know, a lot of people, that kind of encompasses room temperature across right. mo- across most of the country, anywhere from sixty degrees to seventy-eight degrees. Well, seventy-eight degrees, that beer is going to stale twice as fast as uh-huh. storing it at sixty.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of homebrewers will store their beers warm and they're just like, ah, you know, I got a couple, you know, a big pile of beer. It's like it goes bad really fast. I mean, you know, within, you know, a month, it goes from, it can go from extraordinary to garbage within a month at room temperature. Um, You know, you store it cold, uh, get it down, you know, around 35 or so. Um, you know, I've, I've stored beer for years and not had any problems, even, right. even a, a poorly handled beer in the first place, uh, you know, is, is quite a bit more stable. And, you know, if you got a beer, that's like, ah, oh, you know, this went wrong, that went, went wrong. It's like, well, keep it cold. If it tastes okay now, go ahead and drink it and, you know, try and finish it before it goes bad, but keep it cold the whole time and, and you get a lot more time to, uh, to enjoy that beer before it goes bad. Now, what about um, sanitation? Is bacterial contamination considered a form of staling, or no?
3: I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it so. I mean, I it's suppose not
2: technically staling. It's you know something else.
3: Yeah, I would. I spoilage contamination contamination. That'd
2: be that'd be spoilage.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um
2: I mean although some can spoil through oxidation, I guess, right?
3: Well, become undrinkable. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, and you know the the interesting but thing I about guess
3: you know with 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 oxidation you're looking at a purely chemical uh reaction. Uh-huh. With with spoilage, you're looking at a biological reaction. Mhm. You know, maybe, and and so with uh, with bacterial contamination or you know mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. biological methods, you're probably looking at oxidative reactions occurring, but they're biologically based. They're you know a result of um, you know um, metabolic um, uh, reactions, you know, with the bugs in, in question, right? Rather right. than a purely chemical reaction,
2: but even those. Uh, you know, if you're worried about sanitation or contamination, uh, temperature plays a big role in that as well. If you get that beer down below 40 degrees, you know, all the bacterial action and yeast action tends to, you know, come to a halt or slow considerably to where it's, you know, not an issue. If you store it warm, they go to town and and it becomes, uh, Uh, you know a a problem so we we briefly mentioned this earlier but how does fermentation affect uh staling oh that's
3: for me okay uh (laughs)
2: well unless i'm talking to myself i
4: thought it was me i'm just clear my throat (laughs) ready to answer but go ahead i'll I'll defer you
2: you know uh uh, dr Banforth had mentioned you know good fermentation taking care of you know hot side aeration um Mm -hmm. you know what are the you know uh, unsaturated fatty acids. I mean, what you know, uh, pH or other things. You know, how does good fermentation kind of uh, protect against staling or not?
3: Does it? Yeah, it does. I mean, the, the oxygen uh, are great oxygen scavengers. Um, they can they they of course they readily scavenge uh, oxygen. You know, that's dissolved in the wort. Uh-huh. Um, but they can also uh, scavenge it from uh, other um oxidized uh melanoidins and and other uh compounds Mm
1: -hmm.
3: um i don't know if they maybe that's not the right description of what they're doing but you know they're taking up um fatty acids they're taking up amino acids and you know as if these you know compounds are oxidized um they are in effect getting rid of of that uh, oxidized character, mm-hmm. the potential oxidation contributor um, down the line. Right. So, and that, and what, so, what Dr. Bamforth was really getting is, you know, a strong, healthy fermentation is going to do a lot to scavenge oxygen from the system,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and less and less oxygen in the system means that, you know, that that beer is going to have a longer shelf life, all else being equal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he then, then he went on to say that, you know, once so you know, you don't worry about the hot side stuff, you don't worry about the upstream stuff, you worry about the beer, you know, from the fermentation point mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is it a good fermentation so you don't have um aldehydes and their you know off flavors to begin with? Mm-hmm. And then you look at re- you know, eliminating as much oxygen as possible. And transfers, going, handling, any any sort right. of uh packaging Right, mm-hmm. right, and then and then it becomes a matter of, you and know, then heat as well. So yeah, store it, cold. and, that, and, that, and that, that's where the heat comes in. You know, you've got now you've got all your precursors and your oxygen level mm-hmm. there. It's a closed system. Now you want to slow those reactions down as much as possible, and that's where heat comes in. Right, reducing that.
2: So, uh, you know on the, on the hot side. In the recipe formulation and all that, there's really not a whole lot to do other than you can make a, a beer with a lot of character and a lot of dark malts, and that should protect it. But, you know, if that's not the flavor you're going for, um, you know, you can throw in some, you know, a, a small amount of roast barley, and that might have some effect, or, right. you know, right. or maybe, you know, maybe a little or, or not, uh, just mm-hmm. like the cinnamon. I, you know, I would think you, you know, Which one has more flavor? Um, Hard to say. Uh, Ascorbic acid, something like that. And then, you know, probably, you know, one of the the fundamental things is good fermentation and uh, handling and reducing oxygen. And then store it cold, store it steady and cold, um, you know, as cold as you can without freezing Mm -hmm. the beer. And that's that's probably your best
3: bets, huh? Yeah, that's right. Um, The... You know, really when it comes to recipe formulation, what you're looking at are, you know, the color of the beer, the darker, theoretically, the better. Uh Um, You're looking at, um, to some extent, the levels of tannins you're putting into the beer. I mean, you can make a dark beer using, um, you know, a Cinnamon extract or something or or a a little bit of a dark specialty malt, Mm. you know, that gives it a, a color. But you're not putting the same polyphenol load into the beer, you know, with huh. a with a small addition of a dark malt that you would be with, uh-huh. you know, a large addition of some, you know, medium color malts. Um, the difference between a Russian or a, a stout, uh-huh. or a foreign extra stout and, say, a brown porter, I mean, m- roughly the same color perhaps looking at them, um, but the big difference in the total polyphenol load, which... You know, changes the antioxidant properties of those two beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the one with the higher amount of polyphenols, the higher level of melanoidins, is going to be able to take up and buffer more oxygen mm-hmm. in terms of you know contributing reactions than uh, the lighter beer. So you're saying the size of the load directly affects. All
4: right, enough with you. <laughs> enough with you. <laughs>
3: It definitely affects your long-term satisfaction. Okay, Jesus,
4: liquid. this is appropriate for like beer for boobs month, but
2: <laughs> we're we're like <laughs> in kindergarten. Maybe maybe, maybe like yeah, we're or we're gonna
3: grade. really have to clean it up when Blickwin comes on next week.
2: <laughs> He'll probably be the worst of us. <laughs> There's something about being in the studio drinking beer that uh, makes makes us crazy. Sorry about that, but. Uh, I think our, our uh, next sponsor, actually, uh, is is fine with pretty much anything we say. <laughs> speaking of moods. Uh, they're a load of, specialist, right? Speaking of which, yes. Oh, God. Uh, guys and gals, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com. For a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. And these are DVDs that you choose yourself. They're not just you know randomly given to you. Uh, for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so essential we can't mention on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type... Um, Jamel J-A-M-I-L, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you get the three free DVDs, you get a free extra gift, and you'll get the free shipping. So use the offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. And remember, darker is better. Darker is better. All right, let's take a short break, and then we'll be back with your questions after this.
0: When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pots, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier
5: in a world where everything has been lost
6: what happened to the city it's in ruins
5: only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization Uh, I need a drink
6: oh no the liquor store has been ransacked
5: you looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first twenty-five minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over.
6: Oh no, those are non-alcoholic beer.
5: <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us.
6: People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol.
5: <gasps> <gasps> oh, it can't be done.
6: Come with me if you want the beer.
5: Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From based. the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you 7.99, dollars brew saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the...
2: Hi, I'm Jamel Zanieshev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the Style Profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine.
5: Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Homebrewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your
7: homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine.
3: Greetings, greetings. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it.
0: Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has homebrewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate,
1: dude. What? Ah. Not of white labs. It's all in the vial. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong.
4: All right, and we're back with Bruce Strong. Hey, Palmer. Yeah? Why don't you tell me a story, man? I want to hear a story from you.
3: Okay. About what?
4: I don't know. Tell me a story.
3: Okay. Well, um, hey, I just spent the last couple of days at uh, Disneyland, no. even though I was working the whole time. You bastard. Um, yeah. Have we stayed in the uh, Grand Californian Hotel. Really? Yeah. Have you ever stayed there? No, because you know why? Why? Because I'm poor. Expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is frightfully expensive, but... How was it? It was really cool. It, it was, um, my wife and I were saying we would love to redecorate the house, you know, like that, you know, the craftsman style, yes. um, art, you know, art deco, woodsy. I mean, it was just cool. Yeah. I definitely yeah.
4: dig, well, wa- I like walking through there to get to California Adventure. Just yeah. You see that big grand, uh, you know, lobby and whatever. Oh yeah. It's good times, dude. Yeah. Hey, do you know, was, hmm? I'm sorry. Uh, do you know a lot about, uh, using olive oil for oxygenation?
3: Well, yeah, I do. Uh, um, not not a, question, a lot, but I mean...
4: Well, there's a question from the chat going if, uh, from Fiercebeard. If you mm-hmm. use olive oil instead of oxygenating to get the positive side of oxygenation, do you avoid the negatives? I kind of don't know what that means, but...
3: Yeah, well, there, that, that was the whole thrust behind uh, using olive oil in the first place was you know, to get away from Bluto and... Um, let see, where was I? No, you know, the, the, some of the professional brewers thought okay, if we use olive oil instead of aeration, you know, we reduce the total amount of oxygen going into the beer, the total amount of oxygen that's available for oxidizing the wort and, you know, oxidizing the melanoidins, keeping all the uh, antioxidant properties, uh, you know, at their full potential, um, and, you know, generally promote a more shelf stable beer. Well, the the thing is, uh, the yeast use oxygen to um, synthesize more than one type of unsaturated fatty acid. And olive oil is basically only one type of unsaturated fatty acid, the linoleic acid. I believe that's, I believe that's the right one. Uh-huh. Um, so, it's... I don't, I don't, I don't know how many the yeast actually need. Maybe it's two, maybe it's five, maybe it's a dozen. But, um, you know, if you're saying, okay, I'm going to take away oxygen and put in one food group instead of, you know, potentially the dozen that the yeast actually would like to be able to use, um, can they, can they ferment on that and they, you know, function on that? Yeah, but it's, I have a feeling from an organism point of view, it's much like, you know, subsisting on a very narrow, you know, like um, grapefruit only diet, you know, for a human or something like that. I mean, or gives a, you runny poo. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, a high protein, low carb, or, you know, I mean, any of the other fat diets you have. It's not a balanced diet. So, yeah, you can do that and you can function for a couple of weeks but what's the long term effect you know um, uh, for repitches and such yeah i mean so and and you know um new belgium did a study which they published in the in the journals where you know they said you know they achieved their goal in producing good fermentations and, and good yield um by using ox- olive oil instead of oxygen but when all was said and done it didn't seem to um affect shelf life that much well it also affected flavor yeah and so they they said they still got acceptable flavor but it was slightly different you know and right. so what was the cost benefit of doing that mm-hmm. versus going back to standard oxygenation standard right. packaging controls you know they just said well we were better off or there's really no Significant benefit to doing the olive oil, so they went back to the way they know.
2: Well, and the the thing for me is really, um, you know, temperature, you know, storage temperature. I yeah, mean, that, that makes such a huge difference over everything else. Right. Yeah. I so store cold, and your beer lasts a long time.
1: Hmm.
4: Well, and, and I mean, it's just it's not practical for the home brewer. I mean, you need a, a, a like a, a drop yeah. of a pinhead. To, to do it and it's just not uh yeah
3: yeah hey you know i i put a drop of olive oil in my yeast starters you know they're on the stir plate anyway but you know maybe they maybe they build up their um sterile reserves that much better with just a little bit of olive oil in the starter right you know who knows yep um but uh it's certainly in terms of in terms of uh, repitching and and so on. I think it's probably better, a uh, more balanced diet, as it were, okay. something that they've grown up with.
4: Cool. Uh, another question from the chat uh, from Sex Panther. He says, uh, "Does the Sex Panther Sex Panther baby uh, does the breed of I like Sex Panther better than Panther? Oh, you can use that Sex right. Panther. Uh, does the breed of hops in a particular beer have any impact on staling?" For example, does a hop with a higher alpha acid, uh, say a Magnum, have a longer shelf life than one with a lower alpha, like uh, EKG?
3: I would say no. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. But
4: I think I think that's two different. I mean, I think he's basically answering his own question, where he he wants to know the breed of hops, but he's actually asking the
2: well. Alpha acid content, but right? see, yeah, you know, uh, so there's varying things happening there. Um, you know, di- different hops, they'll have different compounds in them, different oils, different percentages of oils. Even, you know, the same hop, different crop years, you can have higher levels of yeah. these compounds. And most of the hops pretty much have all the different compounds in just di- differing varying amounts, um, which gives them their
3: their assorted flavor, flavors and aromas. Yeah. Um, and the antioxidants are really, usually right. the, the husks, the polyphenols you know, in the husks mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are doing most of that. So um, it's right. really it would more, would, almost come down to more of the total right. that you
2: Right, yeah, the, the greater volume. And if, if that was the case, then maybe, you know, the lower alpha acid hops, since you might be using more of them, let's say, for, you know, yeah. effect, um, <laughs> yeah. would, you know, would help. Now, but he, here's the thing, you know, on, on highly hot beers, I find that they stale very quickly. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, especially something you make yourself, like you do a Pliny the Elder Clone, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic beer. And, you know, Russia River will say, you know, drink this right away. Don't save it. Don't be an idiot and save this bottle. Just drink it, <laughs> you know. Don't, don't, you know, the longer you save that beer, the, wor- the you know, the worse it's going to get. And, you know, it's just an absolutely fantastic beer, but it's got a very short shelf life because it's a light, pale beer, Highly hopped, the hops drop out. You know the the malts yeah. oxidize. All those panel. alpha
3: acids oxidize quickly right. and changes the flavor character. So well, see now I'm freaking myself
2: out because we just for <laughs> this beer called uh, Evil Cousin, which is you know just <laughs> massively hopped. We put in like f- just so ignoring the bittering charge, it's bittered like you know no tomorrow. But we put in 43 kilos of hops late and in dry hopping into twenty four barrels. Twenty five
3: barrels. Hmm.
2: Wow. So <laughs> I mean it's just, it's hop <laughs> soup. Fair, yeah. And I I think it's it's gonna have a really short shelf life. And it's just, it's just gotta go suck it down. Mm hmm. So And you'll make more. Right. So, yeah, suck it down, we'll make more. Um and I think that, you know, it's... it's, And I've always said this kind of a recipe for disaster for shelf life. Because um, mm-hmm. the hops are going to disappear, the malt's going to oxidize, and then, you know, there you go. Uh, you want to... And my initial plan was to brew beers that were dark, low in hops, because, you know, it was hard to get hops. And uh, <laughs> go that route. So I'd have nice shelf life. But uh, I don't know that threw that out the door pretty quick so, oh well I will so hopefully we answer that question about hops
4: okay and then um, see we have another one from fishy he asks uh, don't lipids uh, slash proteins cause staling isn't that the point of doing a vorloff
3: well no, lipids and proteins are two different things
2: and they don't cause staling
3: yeah they become staled Ah.
2: Uh. Um, so okay. it's also the thing about, you know, uh, people say, oh, you know, I just transfer all the coal break over to the fermenter, and, oh, it's good for the yeast. And it's like, well, you know, all that material in there, I think, um, you know, it's potential, you know, it's, it increases the amount of potential staling, I think.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The more Trump carryover into... Beer, yeah. You, the more potential you have for staling, um, uh, short term, you know, in terms of ye- fermentation health and you know, yeast being able to the active yeast being able to utilize some of those compounds for you know various metabolic properties, yeah, it's beneficial. But uh, when it comes to packaging and right. storage,
2: but it's not you, you know, it's it's beneficial, but you don't need all that crud. Right. You see, you know, if you can see it, it's too much. Yeah. You know, you, there's there's a ton that's still in the in the wort itself, right. and you know are, are more than the yeast can use in the wort itself. Uh, right. When the wort looks clear at you know whatever your fermentation temperature is, mm-hmm. and then um, you know if you transfer all that junk you do see, then that's just overkill, I think, and mm-hmm. and it just has other negative impacts. You know, for loggers, for me, I I don't transfer that stuff. Yeah. Ales, I'm yep. not as anal about it.
3: Bamforth states that um, beers with haze are perceived, or you know, have been judged to be uh, more prone to staling than beers with less haze. Hmm. Um, so, if you look at, you know, cold cold break carry over to the fermenter, and then you know, uh, haze carry over into the packaged beer. One that has more haze in the package they judge is going to be more prone to staling than one without huh. so um, and again I'm I'm reinforcing what you're saying and where yeah maybe a little trub carry over to the fermenter is good you know give it that give the yeast you know that extra little bit of nutrition they may need uh-huh. but more is not better uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so carrying it all over, that's, that's way too much. And chances are you're going to, the more you carry over the fermenter, the more you're going to carry over the package, which is going to, in, imp- in, you know, increase your risk for staling. Interesting.
4: Very. Interesting.
3: All right,
2: let's 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 do one more and okay. then you guys that uh, are in the chat, don't want to abandon you, but it, yep. if you can hang on for the start of the next show which will be a Q&A, open Q&A. Uh, we'll go ahead and answer all those questions and then we'll get into emailed questions after after what's in the chat. How does okay. that sound? So yep. we won't won't abandon you, but let's let's roll it over to the next show.
4: Sounds good. Uh, this uh, again from Spider Wrangler. It says when talking about adding darker malt to buffer oxidation. Is there a difference between debittered malts versus regular malts?
2: So essentially, the the debittered are the dehusked because the husks have a that's that bitter, roasty part, um, and then the 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 dehusked malt isn't as roasty, chocolatey. It's. Um, uh, much less, and I wonder. I imagine that there probably is some sort of difference between the two. I would imagine that the dehusked version has some effect against um, uh, staling, and the yeah. you know, or maybe it's the same. I, I I just imagine that it's you know different compounds.
3: Yeah, well, it's you know the husk is that's that's the primary source of your your tannins and polyphenols, which are. Again, a primary source of antioxidant character. Mm-hmm. So, a de-husked versus the husk of that same malt would have less antioxidant potential. But the question is, okay, how much does that beer really need? Mm-hmm. You know, um, forty-two. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at you know, you add in a pound of debittered versus a pound of not debittered, you know, do you end up with a negative flavor contribution from that husk material going into the beer, which you know counterbalances any um, you know benefit from the higher antioxidant property. It's it's something that you you got to just experiment with and say you know what which version of the beer is better. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, there's not there's not enough data available on malts to be able to say definitively what what that. Uh, difference would be it's it's something in general. This is what we think it, what we think the difference would be, but you'd have to experiment and find out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Well, I I think um, it might not be that difficult a, a thing to do um, since you can get like Carafa as the husked and the dehusked. You know, same malt, mm-hmm. and uh, you could do a little side by side with that and some Pilsner malt and. Uh, ferment them the same and to see uh you know set them out warm and and see which one stales first which one shows signs of staling first yeah I'd, I'd be uh i'd be interested in that might be able to fund that i think um i could i could peel off five maybe six bucks to help help with the uh that experiment <laughs> you well, interested jp we're funding research sure, man, we're funding not? research here yeah that's that's what we're doing we're funding research all right, all right. So uh, interesting show, uh, you know, all about uh, uh, staling of beer. I think um, you know, one was suggested. Uh, you know, I was like, eh, I don't know. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's actually an interesting thing because people really are curious as to how to make their beers last longer, how to keep them from staling, things like that. Yep. So good show. Um, for those, like, half a dozen people that suggested it, great topic idea. It really worked out well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Keep those ideas coming in. You can send them to uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, we will get all, all those, and we'll see them. You get an automated response, but we do go through them, and if you have questions, just flag your topic with a, a question, and we'll answer it on one of the Q&A shows. Uh, also check out the Brewing Network store. We got uh, you know John's book uh, How to Brew in there. We've got uh, Brew Classic Styles John and I did. We got the Yeast book uh, that uh, Home Home Homeboy and uh, Dog Meat did. Aha! And uh, I feel like a morning zoo host. Uh, that's right, <laughs> morning Homeboy. Morning Boy, Dog Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know if you're going to be around, uh, you know check us out at, at the events we're going to be at. I'm going to be at Dixie Cup. Going to be at GABF. Palmer, where are you going to be? Um. Sitting at oh, home yeah. in his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully working extremely hard on the water book. Working um, hard. He's got the water book coming up. Lots of good stuff that uh, you can check out. All right. So until next time,
3: I'm Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody.